This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. Hey everyone, Lance here with something a little different than normal. If you've been following our issue releases, you know that we just covered Bone Parish from Boom Studios. After we recorded the issue, I actually had the opportunity to speak with Colin Bunn about his insanely crazy awesome horror crime series. But also being a massive fan of his, I had to ask a few additional questions. You heard a few of the clips during our Bone Parish issue, but here's the interview in its entirety. We hope you enjoy it, and once again, thank you to Colin for being so kind and generous with his time. It's always nice to know your favorite comic book creators are also amazing people in real life. Just to kind of jump straight into it, I'm just curious, um, how did your like interest in the horror macabre genre really start? Because so many of your titles, quite a few of your titles have that horror element in there, especially Bone Parish and like Harrow County. So what, what really sparked that? Well, you know, I, I think I've always been at least passingly interested in, in horror and the supernatural and... Um, you know, everything that goes along with it. Uh, and so I was always, you know, reading horror comics and watching horror movies and things like that. But uh, at some point, I kind of shifted more into being more interested in fantasy and science fiction and superheroes and everything. But uh, when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to get into special effects makeup. I don't know where oh, I okay. how I decided that, but I decided I was going to get into uh, you know movie special effects, and that led me to a lot of horror movies. It led me to you know really digging in you know with my subscription to Fangoria and things like that, and and then that turned into just wanting to tell horror stories, and you know so it all came about you know in high school is when I really just started getting more and more interested in in that sort of thing. Okay. Did you ever put that that practice to use, like the makeup of special effects for anything? Beyond haunted houses and things like that, you know, no. Uh, helping my friends with their Halloween costumes, uh, but no, never, uh, never put it to to any uh, any real use beyond hobbies. <laughs> got it. So, would you say that the horror came before you really got into like comics in general? Oh, no, I was into comics from a very, very young age. I mean, you know, I was very, you know, I'm talking pre-kindergarten, I was reading comic books. And uh, and I even, you know, I, I have vivid memories of taking stacks of horror anthologies uh, to the creek. When my dad went fishing on the creek, I would take stacks. For some reason, that always felt like I should take horror comics with me. And uh, I would sit on the banks of this creek early in the morning reading, you know, reading House of Mystery and House of mm-hmm. Secrets and things like that. So I was uh, I was very young. It's you know it, it, to some degree it's been with me for for a long time. That's that's fantastic. So we have this love of comics, really into the horror genre. So can you tell me a little bit about what might have sparked the idea for Bone Parish in general? 
Yeah, well, it's a you know, it's a story. I, I just recently found a notebook from long before I broke into comics professionally with ideas for a comic called Red Horse, which was about uh, a drug that uh, would call up ghosts. And okay. this was you know a long time ago, and I think that's really where the original, you know, the seed for what would eventually become Bone Parish came from. And uh, and Bone Parish went through a lot of different. Uh, iterations it wasn't always pure it wasn't quite it wasn't always necessarily sort of it didn't always have all both of its feet in in the horror genre you know one of the earlier iterations of it was almost uh almost superhero you know it was it was these characters using the ashes of ancient heroes to get their to get their abilities and their skills and we see some of that in bone parish but yes, definitely. Uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it was definitely more of a an action adventure kind of uh, approach. It didn't. Uh, it wasn't until much later that I decided it, it needed to take more of a, a a crime vibe and a horror vibe. And I was actually it was on Halloween. Uh, I was in New Orleans on Halloween a few years ago, and and I was just you know taking notes, jotting ideas down, and Bone Parish. As you know, as we know it now, kind of took shape and came to life. Was it so? It was just kind of being in that environment that really kind of put that final touch on yeah, it for you. Yeah, being there, being in that environment, kind of uh, c- cemented it in my mind what it should be. You know, and mm. uh, and I just went from there. No, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I. Bone Parish is actually probably one of my favorite new series periods to come out in I don't know really how long because it was it's one of those series that got me really excited about uh, like more indie style type of comics really getting into um, stories that had a lot of depth to them a lot of different elements and it's clear that there is a lot of interest in the series in general and and there's there's something that we we like to do during our um, issues that we do for this podcast, and we like to take kind of a concept from the series and put our own little twist on it. Okay. And so we are what if we kind of do like that what if or like a DC's version of like Elseworld. Sure. And so for this one, we our idea was if you could choose any. Um, historical figure that uh, or a time period that you could take the ashes of a certain individual to live out their experiences what would it be right and um, uh, the co-host of the show Chris he chose Michelangelo and finishing the Sistine Chapel wow yeah I thought that would be pretty uh uh-huh that's a pretty great uh, that that's a pretty great one for sure Mm -hmm. and then I chose uh, Freddie Mercury during uh, the that world Con- like unity concert right I'm trying to remember yeah yeah so because there was like because i always thought it would be amazing to really control like a crowd that size and you know like wanting to be able to sing more than just in the shower oh yeah as, as one does oh no, yeah those are uh those are both great uh great moments yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and so we had we we we're just wondering if you could choose someone from history 
to live out a moment from their perspective, oh. who would it be and why? Oh, man. I know. And you feel free to take as much time as you want because I can cut this so it makes it sound like <laughs> you knew immediately. <laughs> so don't worry. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a, that's a tough one for me. I'm not sure. I've never thought about who I, you know, a, of a real figure I'd want to, I'd want to, to experience that, you know, a moment of their life, what that would be. I haven't, or at least not since I've done, uh, not since I've been doing bone parish. Um, wow. I, I hmm. That's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have, I come back to me on that. <laughs> That's fine. Come That's fine. We can that. we can move forward. As soon as you think of it, let me know and we can circle back. All right. Okay? Um, uh, kind of along the same lines then is I know that there was probably so many different options you could have taken within the series because we get to see characters that um, ha- live out experiences of, of rock stars, like kind of what I chose. Um, people living out like adult entertainment. Uh, lots of different elements like warriors, like you talked about, especially in like that graveyard scene where they take the right. ash and they're essentially become like warriors. Um, were there any concepts that you uh, wanted to include in the series that you that just didn't really fit or didn't work out that that we didn't get to see that you had in mind? Um, I kind of feel like uh I got, I was able to do what I wanted to do in those, you know, in those 12 issues for the book. I feel like, uh, I, um, I, I, I told that story, uh, the way I wanted it to, to be told. Um, so I don't know that I left anything on the floor in terms of, I mean, if it were, if something got left, it's because it was just so off brand, you know, uh, Mm-hmm. it yeah. was a it was uh it was just so far off brand it just wouldn't have fit in the world and so and if and things like that didn't um they don't really register with me as things i really wanted to do for that story if it uh you know if it was that you know that uh that far off it's not something i would have wanted to put in there anyway i mean like i said there were different versions of the story where they were it was much more actiony um which i like that i i liked that idea mm-hmm. but uh but i uh it wasn't right for bone parish got it mhm the, there was uh, talking about kind of before it was a little bit more action packed. I I really enjoy within the series how it's very family centric. You have the Winters family, then you also have the like the Garcia family and their whole aspect, and then you also you don't get to see kind of as much with like the New York mob. And that that's a question that Chris and I actually had with with what was going on in New York, was that supposed to be like the mob or mafia? Yeah, that was a, it was a, you know, a crime family that was, uh, okay. that was out to get that stuff as well. Yeah. Got it. Um, with, within that, just that bringing, bringing together with all those different elements, like all the, the issues that they had within their families, uh, it, it really grounded the series where I feel like, it could be so fantastical with all of these different visions that pe- people could be having, but it really brought everything back down to earth with the issues they were having. Um, so for, for that, what, what kind of, 
uh, how how did like the relationships between the characters develop over time? Was it always that that vision you had for a certain arc, or while you were writing it, did those those relationships develop? Um, well, the family, the Winter family, was was pretty well cemented when I um, when I started writing the series. I knew what I wanted them to be, and I knew uh, how they would you know how they would interact with one another. There was. Uh, there was, you know, there were other families, you know, the, the, there were other groups that came in that, uh, when I initially came up with the series, I wasn't a hundred percent sure how they would necessarily, um, fit together. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I, I kind of settled on this idea that the problems that all these characters would have, uh, would be simply because they cannot communicate with one another and that's really the driving point of failure for all of them they simply can't communicate um if they would just sit down and talk to each other they wouldn't be in the you know the story wouldn't have played out as it did and uh and so i wanted to take it so that the the other families uh, you know, the other families and other players were also not communicating in in an effective way and uh, and I felt like that was something that that readers could get could understand and could get behind not communicating Absolutely. with friends and family uh, and that causing tons of you know tons of problems but uh, but yeah that was a uh, I I knew what the family how they interacted and I knew what the biggest problem would be for them when I started out got it. So I, I actually, my next question, I don't even know if you can answer it or want to in case it's going to be something that, mm-hmm. who knows, maybe down the line, returning to this world. Um, but Chris and I were, had a little bit of like, not a difference, or I guess a difference of opinion about what was really going on with um, with uh, Bray yeah. and, or with and Andre and, and Grace. Okay. So with... I know that it was Bridget who said that she had developed a different, like a unique strain of ash right. that Grace used with with Andre, right. and and maybe that was why their connection was a little bit deeper with with. And then we'll we'll also put a spoiler warning for this part <laughs> too that we kind of get into the spoilers of the book, right? But um, where Andre essentially kind of takes over grace right at a point and and because a lot of a lot of the discussion that talks about is because bridget learns about ash from her ex-boyfriend right and you find out that the person that taught him was really trying to find like the key to uh eternal life like resurrection coming back and so the question was, it, was it the fact that it was a unique strain that Grace had, or was it the fact that she had taken so much of Ash from Andre that their connection was kind of deep, like deepened and, uh, or was deeper. And then he was able to manifest himself through her. It's uh, it, it, So in my mind, and I'm, I'm glad that there are differences of opinion because I wanted the story to, to leave questions like that. Um, I wanted readers to to have that curiosity of what you know what's the truth behind this, and I intentionally didn't uh, 
you know, I didn't want to put like some sort of, you know, heavy exposition in trying to explain it. I can tell you in my mind, Grace was using a slightly different strain of the drug that, that caused different experiences. Um, mm -hmm. And, and yes, that, you know, I have a plan for if I were to return to the world of Bone Parish. I mean, the series ends with, I think it's pretty obvious that there could be another story there. And, yes. and that plan would include these different strains of, of the ash and what those mm -hmm. strains could do. Yeah, I, I loved the ending because it was so open. As soon as I finished issue 12, I immediately went online and said, is there going to be like a volume two? Are we getting our next set? Because as soon as I read this first issue, I was hooked. Like I love horror genre as well. And then I was trying to find like good horror comics to get into and actually had a local, my local comic shop. Um, the owner actually suggested uh, Bone Parish to me and... I, as soon as I finished issue one, I went back and bought every other issue she had of it. Um, but kind of, kind of going along like those lines of, of horror, one of the coolest and most messed up moments in this entire series was when the other factions as aside from the Winters family are trying to create a, the strain of Ash yeah. to really get it to work. And we see that warehouse where there are just bodies of people like growing out of other people. Right. And my first thought was, oh, my gosh, The Thing. I Because The Thing is my favorite horror film of all time. And so it, it was just it, it conveyed to me that that element. So I was immediately thrown in that mind frame and I was 100 percent there for it. <laughs> Just, just curious if when you were kind of describing what you wanted that that um, scene to look like, if if I was kind of hitting the right mark, if it was there was any was any influence from that, or if it was just kind of your own thoughts. Well, I'm sure that it was in. Look, the thing is also my favorite horror movie, so I, yes. I'm sure there's there were influences there. There's probably also a little bit of influence from David Cronenberg's body horror mm -hmm. type stories. Um, yes. So so yeah, I mean, I can't say that it I, I that there's that those uh, influences aren't aren't there in the story for sure. Yeah, I immediately just threw me into that, and I I loved that that issue in general is amazing. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, this the series just like went to a whole nother <laughs> level for me. Uh, so my next question is. Because the success of the series, and I don't know if you're able to talk too much about this, the we we always talk about adaptations for uh, the comics that we we discussed that week. Right now with Bone Parish, I know that Net, I believe it's Netflix has optioned a few different uh, series f from Boom for adaptations so i'm curious if you can talk at all about that or if it's it's still something that you can't discuss yet um i all i can say is that there are there are things in the works but i don't think i can say uh i don't think i can say more than that i was sitting here trying as you okay. were asking i was trying to to remember what has been you know what's been released and what what information's mm -hmm. been released and what hasn't and i don't think anything has uh has been released that i can talk about it right now Okay, not a problem. But there are things in the works for sure. Amazing. 
Now, I guess I, I figured that was probably going to be the answer because I kind of have my ears to the ground. If there's any Bone Parish news, I, I find out about it immediately. <laughs> but with with adaptations along those lines, I'm curious, what would what would you want to see an adaptation of? And I know kind of kind of throw out whatever you may know that you can't share out the window, but ver- like with a live action adaptation or an animated, or a mini-series, or even, uh, I was thinking about, like, a tabletop role-playing game within this world would be pretty interesting. Just curious what what kind of adaptation you would want to see from from your creation. So, you know, immediately with this story, I think of a live-action television series. I feel mm-hmm. like a, a, a TV series is a, is a place where we could really dive into the family relationships in a in a very very you know do a real deep dive into those characters and what makes them tick and how they interact i think it could show uh you know it could show facets of the story that we didn't necessarily get to see in the comic um and i think it's something that could last for a while i I mean to me this is a a crime story that could last over several seasons if done right and uh, yep. and so yeah, I can't help but think of you know live action you know one hour drama drama type series, mm-hmm. and I think you I, know for me mm-hmm. it would be about focusing really on the family and and their interactions, and then you know and and then yes, there's a supernatural element as well, but uh, but it's almost secondary to the interactions of the family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that could lend itself also to spinoffs because you could have the main series be about the Winters family, but then you also have those other factions that you could see the story from their perspective. Because what you talked about earlier with people just aren't communicating, you have that even within the groups, really. You're not, none of them really give the whole picture to one another. They're all kind of out for themselves. So I think that would lend itself to, rather than there being a villain of the story, it's, you could tell the story from each family's perspective and then you would see like, oh wait, I thought I was all about the Winters family, but what about what about this family yeah. or or the family in New York? Yeah, I, I think, think that, that that's would... a great I mean that that could be a really interesting way to approach it because there are so many characters that could, you know, that could really play a big role in it. And and I do think that there are characters that one person might really love and another person might really hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I got also, my, I got, I, I oh, figured out okay. who I would who I would take the ashes of. All right, let's do this. So, if I could use the ash of a like a historical figure and a, a moment in their life, I, I thought maybe. Uh, so, uh, Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, came up mm-hmm. with that yes. story while on vacation with Percy Shelley and a number of friends, and they were all telling ghost stories. And uh, and that was the night that Mary Shelley kind of decided she, you know, that that she had this idea for Frankenstein, right, or Prometheus or whatever it was called at the time. So I think mm-hmm. it might be really cool to be there in that moment when those stories were being traded. I think it'd be a, uh, you know, I love hanging out with people who who just are, are inspirational anyway. So that could be a really inspirational moment, you know. Absolutely. In fact, I'm just gonna write that down. And if there ever is another <laughs> Bone Parish, who knows? You know, maybe that's a, that maybe be... that's a scene that will pop up in in a in future Bone Parish stories. That's amazing. That would be so cool. I I love that answer. And obviously, coming from 
from a writer, it's also, I, I immediately thought of, oh my gosh, if like Mary Shelley thought of Frankenstein or all those concepts, like what would inspire Colin to create next? I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah, it, it uh, you know, who knows, you might get, you might... <laughs> You might experience and realize, oh, it's really a, it's one of those really boring parties. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. She just had these random thoughts. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, or it was nothing like it. You know, it's been, you know, romanticized over the years. Mm-hmm. But in my yeah. mind, I'll stick with it being that, you know, this rom- this this amazing, crazy uh, moment. There was a movie, a horror movie called Gothic. That sort of. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. a version yep. of that story. Uh, I don't really remember much about Gothic, but uh, but now I'm wondering if I should. I remember the poster very vividly, but I'm wondering if I should revisit that movie. <laughs> yeah, gets gets a little bit more inspiration. Right. I'm I'm telling you, every every chance I get, I'm just going to message you like on Twitter and be like, "So when's Bone Parish coming back?" <laughs> yeah, and I and I'll hopefully you know, and who knows, it may never. This may be the only twelve issues you ever get, and I'm satisfied if that's the case. Mm-hmm. But yes. uh, but yeah, I definitely have another story in mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as much as I say that I want more. It it is such a well well rounded series because it it the storyline comes full circle you get a lot of that resolution but like we talked about before there is that open ending so if we don't ever get more at least we have those ideas of what could happen right rather exactly but i i do hope we get some more so now that yes absolutely now now that we talked a little bit or talked about bone parish i do have some questions that are off topic from that okay um with you you probably have the mo- one of the most eclectic long running lists of of titles that a a writer has worked on because i looked looked it up again recently and just all the different uh publishers that you've worked with all the different titles you've worked in general um and there's i before i got really obsessed about comics i was just picking things up as i kind of went along sure but then i like a a few years ago i like i have this this app that keeps track of all of my comics and i had read some of your work and i was like oh i wonder what else i might have that was that you had written and i typed your name into the app and i am not kidding probably like a fourth of my collection at that point in time (laughs) had been written by you (laughs) And so it it was like oh I think I like this writer, uh, but yeah, if you're not paying for, attention, you'll pick up a lot of my books without knowing it. So <laughs> yeah, well it's they're all over like and and it's not it's not one genre. If people think oh we like if they don't already know you before listening to this podcast, I want our listeners to understand that your range is insane within writing, going from like a horror genre to action to to like the like the western style like with sixth gun there's there's so many different titles that you work with there is absolutely something that a a comic fan of any genre can find something and absolutely love it that comes from you and something something personal from me is when so i've been married with my wife for about seven years now and when we still when we were dating one of the first presents she ever got me was uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. 
And and it was after she bought me that book, I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I should propose to this one. She <laughs> she's willing to she's willing to be a part of that comic obsession that I have. So uh, that was that was part of the reason why we ended up together. So thank you for that. Of course, I, I'm I'm glad I could make that happen for you. <laughs> really really appreciate it now now within I, I am a massive fan of venom and symbiotes in general and you have worked on so many different symbiote related runs so that i had to ask this question all right um so because minimum carnage which i absolutely love because i love agent venom and um scarlet spider those are two of my favorite spidey characters in general you also did uh, vo- pretty much like the entire second half or at least the last third of Venom Volume 2 with Agent Venom, which was phenomenal. And then some of the most fun I feel like I've had with comics in the last uh, couple years was your Venomverse and Venomized storylines because mm-hmm. they they were just all over the place and your introduction of the poisons was really fun. Uh, I'm just curious... Having having written so many symbiote related stories, is it that were you a fan of Venom or and symbiotes before you really started writing them, or is it like that horror element that really draws you to that character that I feel like allows you to excel when writing that character? Right. Well, I you know so I was I was familiar with Venom mainly as a villain. I was never a big fan of Eddie Brock the hero. It was never my, mm-hmm. you know, it was never my uh, my favorite comic to, to read. I wouldn't just pick a Venom comic up with Eddie Brock. But when we got into Agent Venom and Flash Thompson, uh, that something about that really appealed to me. Um, so I was a fan of that version of Venom. Um, and, and I, you know, I loved writing Flash Thompson uh, as Venom so much. And then later, of course, I got to write Eddie Brock as Venom, and I appreciated him a little more because Eddie Brock appears in my Venom run with Flash Thompson. Eddie is uh, toxin, and so yes. there were there were you know I, I was able to to kind of to get a feel for Eddie and appreciate him more, um, and then was able to write Eddie a little bit uh, in some of those uh, you know some of those other runs like the Venomized and uh, and. Uh, uh, what was it? Venomized and Venomverse. And uh, yes. so I, I liked Eddie in those. Um, although if I had my druthers, I'd go back to Flash Thompson in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, Flash Flash is one of those characters that has an incredibly interesting and compelling arc. And he he is so much fun to read in your runs. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a great character. I think he's I think he's dead right now in the Marvel Universe. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Yes, but so I I do want to talk about that for a second actually. So with within uh within uh currently Donny Cates is writing the Venom storyline. I'm wondering if have you read any of it because there is one part of it or I guess I'll just ask, have you seen the kind of homage to Flash Thompson's Agent Venom that was in his his run? Well, I've read a bunch of the of Donnie's run, but I'm not sure I'm I know what piece you're talking about. <laughs> so there there's a a moment within uh, Donnie Kate's run where um the, all these different like codex pieces are being ripped out of people that had had a symbiote at some point in right. time. Right. And flashes had been taken out 
uh, and was stored away. And at one point, Eddie is trying to kind of recover it so that this other big bad that's about to come doesn't get their hands on it. So he takes it and then Eddie gets in like serious trouble. He's definitely not going to get away. And he essentially hears Flash in his head and because he they kind of like merge the codex with him and Flash asks if he can take control. Right. Okay. I do remember this now. I, you know, and, uh, either I read, read about it or I was flipping through when I was doing research on something. I remember that piece. I don't know that I remember the scene, you know, vividly, but I remember that that happened. And it it was in that moment, I was just like, oh, what a nice like nod, because it, it's just so funny, because when Kate is writing it, he's he's he even says, like, I don't want to admit it, but Flash, you were a kick ass Venom. Oh, yeah, that's so part it's, I remember. It's, I do remember mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And 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 for, for me, I was like, oh, what a like what a nice like nod to the other writers that have worked on this character, especially with Flash. Yeah, I still I bring Flash back in a heartbeat. <laughs> like I, 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 if if they announced tomorrow that you were taking over an agent, if Flash was coming back and there needed to be an Agent Venom run again, and if you were brought on that title, I would pre-order every single copy yeah. of that book before it even started. Yeah, I, that's you know, and there's not many of those characters I'd jump at the chance to write, but uh, but a Flash, I'd love I'd love a chance to do something with Flash Thompson again. Uh, as, as a Venom or Venom-like character. Mm-hmm. Yep. So my next question is, you, you've worked on, we've already talked about all these different titles. Is there a certain series that you've worked on that you wish people would ask more questions about? Um, you know, any of my, uh, any of my creator-owned stuff, I wish people would pay more attention to. I think comics is a weird it's it's really weird because uh, so many and look I love the superhero stuff I love Marvel I love DC I love those characters I grew up reading them but comics is weird because so many fans uh, they see it as the only like they see writing those characters as validation of you as a creator um, and I think mm-hmm. that's a completely back words way of thinking about comics. Because really what should validate you as a creator is the creator-owned stuff you're doing, the original content Absolutely. you're producing. So any of my creator-owned stuff, Harrow County, The Sixth Gun, Bone Parish, The Damned, any of those books, you know, uh, I would love for people to, to, to for, for more eyes on and for people to, to, to spend more time looking at those books. Um, I have nothing, you know, obviously I love it that when people read my Marvel stuff and they read the Deadpool stories and all that too, but... Uh, but it would be not, you know, I, I would, I really, I really wish more people would pay attention, not just to my creator own stuff, but just to create our own books as a whole. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. It's, it's so, I feel like it's really refreshing when obviously reading creator own books and, and, and hearing the stories that have to come, because I feel like I don't even want to say well, I'll just say it. I feel like a lot of times certain certain care like when you're going into like a major character when somebody has to write their storyline, there's so many there's so many limitations that writers have on what they can do with characters and what they can't. And then with with having your creator own content, it's it's what you want to say. 
it's what story you want to be writing. And I feel like so many independent or creator-owned books have such incredible stories that I that often get overlooked because they're not the recognizable character. And so it's 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 that big push. We're trying to do this more is talk about creator-owned books and independence. People need to read those more because the stories are so incredibly well done and they're well, really you know, exciting. Look, there's great stories in the superhero books too. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> make it out that I'm. I'm. Uh, you know, I'm bashing. You know, the superhero comics because there are no, great no. stories that that are mm-hmm. being told in that genre. Um, I just, you know, I think there are. The thing for me is there are great stories being told in that genre, but there's also really great stories being told that don't involve people in capes and wearing spandex. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think you can pay attention to those too, and and there are stories that that people would re- I think that readers will enjoy if they like, you know, no matter what kind of book they like, there are there's bound to be a creator owned book out there that will thrill them just as much if not more. One hundred percent. Um. Now, hopefully, with everything that's going on in the world right now, that it gets sorted out, COVID gets taken care of, and then. Uh, we can get back to some some conventions and and hopefully uh, get. I, I have quite a few books that hopefully, <laughs> if you're at a con, I can get signed because I have my I have my Bone Parish one and I have my Six Gun one. Awesome. So, really want to get both of those signed. Um, just just to wrap things up, I wanted to ask: Is what what things you have coming down the pipeline that you can talk about that you'd like our readers to know about? Or any uh, stories that, or series that have already come out that you would like them to jump on. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I have a ton of of creator owned books that are in the works right now that I that haven't been announced yet, so I can't I can't talk about them. But there are a few that that have just recently been announced or that uh, that I can talk about. Uh, so I have a new uh, a new series coming out from AWA called Bite Sized which it comes out in December. Um, and it's more of an all ages book about, uh, <laughs> about uh, a group of experimental uh, artificial intelligent little robots that escape from their secret lab and end up in a suburban home on Christmas Eve and get into, <laughs> uh, you know, all sorts of mischief and trouble. But it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, you know, it's a, it's a great book for the family and it's a great read to start around, you know, in December. Um, I have a new, from Aftershock, I have a new one issue. It's 48 pages horror story oh, nice. called Piecemeal that's coming out. It's a one-and-done story, and it's uh, it's about a group of kids who, their senior year of high school, uh, they decide to go to this old house where kids often go to party out in the woods. And in that old house, they find a jar, and in that jar is a human brain. And one of the kids takes that brain home and it sort of sets off this chain of events and this chain of murder and death uh, that surround uh, the brain. And it's, you know, and and his friends start dropping like flies and the surreal nightmarish horror starts to unfold around him. Uh, And like I said, that's called Piecemeal. It's coming out from Aftershock in December. And also in December from Aftershock, uh, Aftershock's putting together a book called All My Little Demons, which is an omnibus of all the miniseries I've done for them so far. It's like a 500, oh, wow. it's like a 500 page collection uh, in hardcover. And that's coming out in December as well. 
and it's a great introduction to to you know to my work, uh, especially my aftershock work, uh, all in one place. Um, and all of those things are available now for pre-order because you know we're we're you know we're a couple of months out from December, so they can you can go to your comic shop or call them and and tell them you want those books and they can get them in for you. That those all sound amazing and five hundred page omnibus. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's everything I've done for Aftershock except uh, the original Dark Arc run, which has already been collected in hardcover. So there's the hardcover Dark Arc, and then there's this hardcover of All My Little Demons. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to meet with us and talk with us a little bit about your incredible backlog of, <laughs> of stories especially with Bone Parish well thank you it's, uh, I was happy to do it thank you so much Colin no thank you